Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition (laughs) of, (laughs) I always want to say issue, Uh, another edition of Access All Areas. I'm Stephen Lang. I'm Bobby Norris. How are you, my love? I am very good. I am AstraZeneca up. Oh, uh, he's joined the Astro Club. I love it. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, just after we filmed the show, uh, recorded the show last week, I got a text uh, inviting me to my uh, vaccine appointment, uh, which I obviously took with both hands. And now I'm halfway to heaven. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find the whole experience? Was you a little bit apprehensive or was you absolutely like, I'll just, I know I want it and I'm having it? I was only apprehensive in a way because of thinking, seeing people talk about the side effects in a way that you might be like, I don't know. I don't know, just like it was just, but the process was actually fine. I mean, I got the text one day and I'd booked in for the appointment the next. So it was, you know, it was done very quickly. um, And I was in uh, the next morning and had it done by 10 to 10. Um, and then I went, popped down Greg's, got myself a yum yum, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yourself. yeah, well, I, w- I actually wanted a Tottenham cake, so I was fuming they didn't have any. Um, but yeah, I had a few side effects. Um, I had uh, a bit, I was a bit tired and I had some chills. Um, did you have that, Bob? I got the tired thing a little bit and I got a little bit of a headache, but um, I didn't suffer too bad at all. I think 24 hours later was when the headache kind of kicked in and the sore arm, which I think you get with most injections now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, because I had COVID at Christmas and New Year, I don't know if I maybe still had some kind of antibody and uh, I, I was kind of really lucky with it. Um, but for the the sore arm for a day and the headache it was it was so worth it do you know what I mean I'm so glad to to have had it and um yeah grateful I just feel relieved really and grateful and I'm hoping that it means you know I've got my little card now means if we have to go if I can go to a pub um, (laughs) I'm first in the queue you know Got your first stamp in the old passport (laughs) yeah basically it's what it feels like (laughs) isn't it yeah pretty, pretty good what about you Bob how are you yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a busy one for you, isn't it, the last weekend? <laughs> yeah, uh, was definitely a strange weekend, what with the last episode of Tower that went out Sunday. Um, yeah, so explain it a bit if anyone doesn't know. Yeah, so anyone who, who doesn't watch the show, um, Ep 2 kind of went out Sunday night. And um, it, do you know, it's so hard to even try. I can't compute it myself. Um, okay, no, shall I explain yeah, basically? Please what happened? go because I'm still trying to figure it out myself. So basically, so you're you're good pals with Amy Childs, whose cousin is Harry, who is also your ex boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, he has returned to the show after a long absence, but you've been a constant on Tawi throughout. But uh, Amy wanted you to kind of become friends again. Doesn't seem to have worked, and he is basically trying to rewrite history by what I can by what I can tell. He sat down in an Indian restaurant, didn't end well. Is that a yeah. good sum up? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I went for an onion barge and it ended up being an argy barge. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just, it is a little bit of a strange one. Um, he seems to, I won't go into too much, but he seems to have a problem me having a friendship with Amy, who's his cousin, and um, has said as much to her that he doesn't like it, which I kind of don't understand. Um, things happened many years ago the relationship ended and yeah it's just tried to rewrite it um mm. which is bizarre because 
it was on TV what happened. How, how, how can you try and rewrite something that lives forever on ITV Hub? <laughs> no idea. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure if that will ever kind of make sense to me. It, it's just a very, very bizarre time. <laughs> and then you kind of said that you're taking a bit of a break from Towie. Is that right? Yeah, so I've decided just to take a little bit of a break. I've got no time frame on it or anything. And um, show it is, oh, I'm, I'm really, really hurt and I'm really upset that um, since the, the breakup seven years ago, that it's kind of come to this. I've kind of dealt with the breakup, obviously. I've had partners since and um, I thought he had moved on. Clearly not. Um, you seem friendly in, in like brief conversations you've had before. Not friendly, but you know not unpleasant yeah I mean he came back and did a cameo on the 10th anniversary last year back in October I think and I congratulated him on his engagement I couldn't have been nicer so to now come back to the show and have an issue with me being friends with his cousin and and rewriting history and saying all all the madness that he is um it it's really just hurtful and sad um and like I say, strange. I can't really understand it. Um, so I've just thought, <laughs> just stepping back from the cray cray, just for a little bit to kind of see if I can make sense of it. Yeah, fair enough. I think, I think, um, yes, must be difficult. I don't think I would want my boyfriend coming back and <laughs> changing the way that things had happened. I can, can totally understand that must be a difficult one. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, try and uh, I guess try and yeah, piece it all together while you've got some time off and uh, yeah, exactly. Hope and I look forward. Yeah, I've got you lovely people every every week, so I've got my football family. Which exactly, is exactly. And uh, yeah, just nice. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone. Um, I have had some lovely messages on social media, and I just want to say, obviously, I can't reply to everyone individually, but thank you very much because I I do see a lot of them, and uh, I am really really grateful. And as and when um, I return to the show, you'll be the first to know. Got it. Good. Uh, well, we have an exciting exciting show coming up. Uh, we have a bit of an all-boys club tonight, actually. Uh, we've got Charlie Brake, uh, who was on Love Island a couple of years ago, coming on to talk about uh, his new venture. Um, then, very exciting for massive Eurovision fan, me. Uh, we're talking to our entry this year, James Newman. Um, and then we also have um, Alex from the first series of The Circle, um, who he won the show and is now basically doing all of the Channel 4 bits and bobs uh, for it and does a podcast. So, um, so yeah, it'd be, be great to talk to him. Um, uh, have you been uh, keeping up with the showbiz news this week, Bob? I know you've probably had been a bit... Well, you've been part of the showbiz news. <laughs> <laughs> so I've definitely been trying to, uh, yeah, keep my mind off my own um, dramas and uh, have been keeping up, as always nowadays, another busy week in showbiz. Yeah. And uh, one of the ones that jumps out to me, Chloe Kardashian, um, apparently asking her, her ex, Tristian Thomas, to is it sign a... a uh, a non-cheating contract, is that right? I don't Basically, want to yeah, yeah, a non-cheating contract. I, mean, I wish to... I knew about these contracts. I could have done yeah. with that a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, you could have done, couldn't you? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh, yes, I think um, it seems to me a bit of a crazy idea. I don't know how you would, uh, you know, back that up in a court of law. I'm sure Chris Jenner is furiously typing away at her desk. Yeah. <laughs> getting them eyes dotted and the T's crossed. But I've never heard of that. Is this like the modern day prenup now? 
I thought it should just be marriage. I mean, this isn't a marriage, a promise <laughs> yeah. not to cheat on someone and, and all those things. I don't know. It seems, it seems very Hollywood to me, don't you think? Yeah, to me, maybe I'm an old school romantic, but just the, the, being in a relationship is enough for me to know to be faithful. Um, I know some people do struggle to grasp that concept, but I do hope that um, whether she gets this contract or whether it's just showbiz news, uh, I hope she gets her happily ever after because I do have a little secret thing for Chloe. She's always been my favourite Kardashian. She's the funny one, isn't she? And I think yeah. she's um, you kind of you kind of root for her maybe in a way that you don't necessarily always with the with the others. Um, and she has been extremely unlucky in, in love. So, you know, yeah, I guess all power to her. The idea of a cheating contract to me, I mean, it doesn't f- fill you with unbridled hope, does it? You know, like if you're like, right, we're getting we're getting back together after after a breakup and um I don't trust you, so I'm going to make you sign a contract. I don't know. It's like it's just a bit depressing. Yeah, it kind of make me a little bit sad. The fact you've got to go and print it out and go over to him or her and get get the pen out and go, can you sign this just to say you'll be faithful? <laughs> yeah, it just would and get your mum involved and yeah, we we'll just get a few lawyers to look at that. Yeah, I kind of just think it wouldn't be going into something. Um, optimistic and positive to mm. me but um there's definitely a lot of drama going down in Calabasas right now because seeing Kim's now apparently doing two different reality shows around her divorce is that right about her 1.6 billion pound I don't know about this what's this I've missed this I've missed this so apparently there's reports that Kim's going to be documenting her 1.6 billion divorce from Kanye in two different reality shows which I kind of did think of all the series they've done to, to have ended keeping up and then this happens. You could see this would be a huge part of the show, um, but the cameras have stopped rolling for that. So apparently there's got to be two other reality shows following it. Okay. I mean, how do you, how do you even sit down and divvy up 1.6 bill? <laughs> Not even mil, bill. Bill. Um, Christ. I mean, I think, I think it's, yeah, it's beyond comprehension, isn't it? But then I don't think, I, I imagine when you have that sort of money, it, it's not like physically in an account. It's not like it'd be in your checking account, would it? Do you know what I mean? Like on your card. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's I, I find it's it's more money than you can ever do anything with, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I think I mean the the interest in their split is going to be huge. Um, so I am I am intrigued um, to see. Definitely, I mean, I'd be watching if there is going to be a show about it. Um, I say that as actually someone who hasn't been a massive Keeping Up With The Kardashians fan, only because I don't have the channel. <laughs> so it's like I haven't been able to watch it. I probably would have done if um, if I had it. But, you know, it's always one of those ones that, like, you see picked up everywhere and I always read all about them. So, And I guess yeah. when you're talking figures like 1.6 bill, like, let, let's have it right, we're, we're talking serious doughy. You're not sitting down going, well, I bought that kitchen clock or <laughs> yeah. I'm having them scattered cushions. You can have the throw. I guess you're talking more like, not even sofas here. We're talking probably asses. Houses. Houses. Streets. Yeah. <laughs> Empires. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this is why they had the show, though. Keeping up, because it is always, uh, there is always something to keep up with and the drama still continues um, even yeah. without the show. But, um, well, I guess you say the drama, but then it's very easy for people to to look in and invest time into a show like that and see it as drama and stuff. But 
it's sometimes easy to forget that that's people's lives. Um, yeah. But um, the thing yeah. is, though, is it's like, how sorry do you want to feel for billionaire? I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, she, she's doing just, she's doing just fine, um, <laughs> and she'll find a new man, and she's got, she's got a really supportive family around her. I mean, they, you know, they, they've been through uh, thick and thin, haven't they? Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely be intrigued to see what what they're coming up with next. I, do you know who else though I'm interested in is the story of Britney Spears. So Britney Spears um, apparently is is uh, really looking into telling her side of the story, which I think is is um, is quite is going to be quite interesting. I don't apparently it's not like she set up a big interview with Oprah or anything yet. Uh, but I, I mean, that would be explosive television, don't you think? Wouldn't it, just yeah? I'd definitely be tuning in for that because you managed to see the documentary really early on, didn't we? I remember you telling me about it weeks ago. Yeah, so I mean, in, in that, I mean, she's not involved in that. That was a lot of the people around her talking about it, but about her the conservatorship and how she's like dealing with with. Um, with life, you know, it's been a long over a decade. She's been, I think, un- under this conservatorship, and what she can do and say, and where she can go, and the money that she has to spend is all restricted. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm very intrigued to like hear what what she has to say, um, I, and I think it would be a massive hit, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm I'm here for it absolutely, and I think you know, she probably, especially, um, let's have it right. I'm sure she's watched it. Um, I think she probably wants her little right to reply and there's nothing better than getting it from the horse's mouth direct. So that would definitely be a show. I mean, Oprah's in for a busy year. If she can get Britney, she's already had Ari and Megan. So come on, let, let's pull, pull out the Britney checkbook. Yeah. yeah. Oprah's good for the money. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think you're right there. Um, well, I think, our, I think our first guest, Charlie is ready. Uh, so let's get him in. Amazing. Let's get him in. Hello. 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 How are you doing fella? Long time, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I heard you may have you may have had a little chat in a, in an alternative capacity, Bob, just the other day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, we did a get Gobby with Bobby together, didn't we? For the, we did indeed. For the we mode. did indeed. And here and we are. Here we are. Thanks for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me. How 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 have you been? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, Talking to uh, Bob about it yesterday. Most of lockdown, to be fair, I've been out of the country, which has been uh, quite nice. Um, I was Very one of those lucky. ones that was, yeah, was one of those ones in Dubai for quite a lot of it. Um, but you know, it was quite nice to come back and sort of just chill out and and get get on with what what I've been up to. Um, Dubai was pretty hectic and hairy, let's say. But um, yeah, nice to just get back and uh, yeah, just focus and uh, yeah, deflate basically. And what, what is it that you've been focusing on? So, yeah, I've got a new venture, which I touched on with Bob yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I guess you could say every cloud has a silver lining with uh, the whole COVID and lockdown. So sort of used the time to focus on something new. Um, and then my now business partner, um, me and him teamed up and started a new business company called Naughty Water, which uh, essentially is sparkling water infused with alcohol. And then uh, we've gone with three different flavours. We've got the cranberry mango and passion fruit and the blood orange um so yeah yeah no they are i'm not gonna lie they i'm a bit biased but they do taste (laughs) the absolute they do taste naughty um (laughs) so um yeah just been focusing on that guys really and um 
yeah, that, that, that's that's what um, lockdown's been for me, really. I'm obsessed with the packaging of them, Charles. It's kind of very like that vintagey kind of. We've got some oh, here, actually. Got some oh, yeah, it looks go. good. We've looks come good. prepared. So, yeah, got the cranberry, mango, passion fruit, and then, uh, yeah, blood orange. So, uh, And what percentage are they? What percentage are they? So, yeah, we've got 5%, uh, which doesn't sound a lot. That's but, like a gin um, in the tin. Exactly. Um, but they do creep up on you. Um, but, yeah, again, the sparkling water, um, we've sort of gone for that low-calorie uh, sort of sort of selling point. Um, no sugar. Absolutely no sugar, no carbs, um, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and added vitamin C for good measure. So, um, so yeah, we've got it all really down here at Naughty Water. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to get some sent over to you guys for sure. Absolutely. It's ticking all their boxes. <laughs> and when Boris says we're allowed and things start opening up, I think things like them little cans, they're ideal for like a little picnic. You can imagine being over Hyde Park or going to a festival, having a couple of Naughty Waters. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah so they're saying well with the whole ready to drink market which these obviously are ready to go um yeah hopefully as we say when boris opens up and uh but who knows when that actually is going to happen it seems like we take two steps uh one step forward and two steps back at the moment but um yeah fingers crossed come come summer and the floodgates open uh everyone will hopefully be sipping on a nice naughty water <laughs> is it one of them things you've got three three flavors now is it something that you you want to grow Charles? A hundred percent. I mean, um, the seltzer market is obviously quite a new, a new thing to the UK. I mean, over in the States, it's been absolutely huge. Um, but yeah, with, with, um, with where the brands go, we definitely want to build on the flavors. I mean, looking at the competitors, a lot of them have done that, but me and my business partner, we sort of looked at the flavors that they were doing and I think they almost overcomplicated them. So that's why we were gone with quite simple flavors like the vodka cranberry, obviously it's quite a well-known one in, in the nightclubs and people can relate to. Um, and then the blood orange and the mango passion fruit. Mango passion fruit, more of the porn star martini vibe. Um, don't know if that's a bit more you, Bob. I don't know, but yeah, no, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly me. <laughs> um, so yeah, just as I say, yeah, went went with the uh, the fairly simple flavors, and um, yeah, they've been a big hit. And um, yeah, watch this space. Well, definitely excited to try one uh, if one if one should come in my pathway. Uh, I, I I think like yes, yeah, I think like Bob said, this summer's going to be a, a good time for for partying. Have you? How have you? I know you said you've you've only been back in the UK a little while, but are you kind of looking forward to the summer and like getting getting back to some normality? How's it been for you? The the lockdown. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel quite spoiled in the sense that I've still been able to go to restaurants and, and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's nightclubbing going over, over on in the UAE. Really? God, I didn't yeah, know that. No, it, was, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, not not like you can just walk wherever you want. I mean, there's you've got to have your own sort of area or whatever, but full-blown nightclubbing. But um, I think, guys, we're actually going to have the best summer of our lives in the UK, to be fair. I think fingers it's going to... Yeah, fingers crossed, exactly. <laughs> but um, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, we've got the Euros. I don't know if you guys are into the football, but um, I think... I will be if it means I get to go to the pub. I, I mean, I don't... I, I'll do anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not going to go Wembley with there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. So, yeah, hopefully football's coming home. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to stick around in the UK. Obviously, I haven't seen quite a lot of my mates for a, for a long time with the whole lockdown. Um, I hadn't even hugged my mum for a year. I haven't even hugged her for a year, so oh. yeah, it's it's uh, it's been pretty. Uh, it's tough, isn't it? It's been tough on a lot of people. But as I say, I think summer is going to be. Um, I think this is going to be it, guys. I think this is going to be the best one yet. 
<laughs> oh, touch wood, touch wood, show. So I said a lot of people will know you from Love Island, which was your year was 2018. Is that right? Yeah, 2018. Where's the time gone? <laughs> How do you look back at your experience in that villa? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I say this summer's probably going to be the best summer of my life, but that was that was definitely up there. I mean, what an experience that was. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's definitely up there. Having said that, I had to miss the World Cup when I was in Love Island, <laughs> so that, that's that's one thing. That's one thing I do remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, for Love Island as a whole, yeah, great experience and. I think life's all about experiencing lots of new things and what an opportunity to come up, come about. I mean, how many people actually get the chance to go on a show like that? So in that sense, I felt very lucky. Um, and yeah, enjoyed, enjoyed every, every moment of it, basically. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good experience. Um, but then we touched on it the other day, Bob, when you come out, it, uh, yeah, mixed reviews. I mean, you, you, you go in and then you come out and everyone's going absolutely berserk and you think what the hell's going on? And then, um, obviously, it, then it, it dies down, um, which I think, obviously, people have struggled with. Um, but, again, that's, I think it's part and parcel of reality TV or that kind of show anyway. Um, and I think you've got to, you've definitely got to have quite a thick skin to go on a show like that. Is it what's your love life, Joel, would you say, off the back of Love Island? Do you know what I find? I know, obviously, it's hard anyway to even go on a date. No, you can't do it. So, um, <laughs> in that sense, I, I don't really know, but... Leading up to it, I'd say, do you know, I think it's almost had a negative effect. Um, I think when you go on a show like that and then you come out and you you start talking to a few girls or whatever, I think they start to question what your actual intentions are. Oh, yeah, he's probably talking to, I don't know, 10 other girls or whatever. So in, in that in that aspect, I think it's definitely not not had the, the best, best impact. Um, yeah. So in terms of girls, yeah, quite difficult, I'd say. Um, which I think everyone would probably think it's the role reversal to go on a show like that. You've probably got girls throwing themselves at you. Um, but yeah, not, not so much at the moment. And obviously with the pandemic, it's, uh, it's tough. You, you kind of seem to make a kind of conscious decision to kind of turn your back on, on all of that sort of stuff. Um, do you think that was the right thing to do? Do you have any regrets or? or... In terms of what the whole sort of. Like show busy kind of, yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like, um, yeah, I, I think for me it was to go on to go on a show like that again. As I say, it was it was just a, an experience that I wanted to yeah sort of experience, um, and that was one chapter of my life. And I've sort of closed closed that that page on that. Um, but I think a lot of people they still sort of hold on for dear life the whole mm. reality TV and sort of trying to stay stay in the public eye. And yeah, not for me really. Um, I mean, I get, I get why people do it. And obviously a lot of people now that is their work and that's their industry. Um, but for me, it was the sole purpose really was to sort of go in there, experience it, see what the whole dabbling a bit of fame. Uh, I guess that was, that's the way to put it. So it was, that was always sort of on, on, on my bucket list, I'd say. Um, and um, yeah, as I say, I had a great time, but that sort of chapter has gone in my life and now it's time to focus on something a bit more entrepreneurial and something that, yeah. Means a means a bit more to me. Um, leave my legacy, if you will. Do you still get like recognised in the street and stuff? Do you get girls being like, "Oh my god"? Um, no, again, again, you got a mask. <laughs> no, no, face mask. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the mo- yeah. To be fair, no, not really, not really anymore. Um, I mean, who knows when when Boris opens up the bars and pubs? Um, yeah, might get a few more a few more people recognising you. For the time being, when you got a mask on. It's uh, it's pretty difficult. Yeah, true. 
<laughs> and I see, Charles, that you got linked to the lovely Jenny Power recently. Oh, not this again. Oh, yeah, this again, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, Jen, Jen's... Um, Spill the tea. Me and Jen met... Yeah. <laughs> me and Jen met at a launch party, probably, what was it? I think that was in between the first and the second lockdown when things started to open up again. Um, yeah, met at a launch party and, uh, yeah, just got on really well and... Um, Ended up having a picture with her, and I thought, oh, do you know what? I look quite good in that. I'm going to put that on my Instagram. And, um, yeah, didn't think anything of it. And then, lo and behold, next day, Daily Mail, Charlie and uh, Jenny Power, Powell um, conjure up romance rumours and all this kind of stuff. I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? But, um, yeah, no, me and Jenna, yeah, we're just good mates. And, uh, in fact, I did a podcast with her this week, I think it was, or no, last week, sorry. Um, and yeah, just just had a good laugh. Hot mess mums. Don't know if you guys have listened to that. Um, yeah, but no, we had we had a good laugh, and uh, yeah, we just yeah, just mates. Nothing nothing more than that. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. There's no more gossip there. Oh, that's <laughs> all right. I thought I'd ask you know me, Chow. <laughs> so it's, I love it, it. It. it's got the naughty water. What flavour you drinking? Blood orange. Blood orange. I mean, the other two are empty. <laughs> oh yeah, you're on it today. You're on it. <laughs> no, they were testing. drunk. They were drunk the other day. To be fair, just uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the other day. Um, but yeah, just on the old blood orange. Was, was there anything that could bring you back? Is there anything you you would like to do in kind of the world of TV or or radio or anything like that that could bring you back to sort of showbiz circles? Um, yeah, I mean, never say never. Um, I think in terms of reality TV. Um, I'd want something that's going to challenge me a bit more. So something along like the lines of, I know everyone says this, but along the lines of SAS who dares wins. Um, yeah, definitely that kind of vibe as opposed to, yeah, just sat by a swimming pool, surrounded by hot girls and not, not doing much like more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, yeah, sort of leave that sort of area of reality behind and yeah, something that's going to challenge me a bit more, I guess. So uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what, what could happen down, in, uh, down the line? What about a bit of dancing on ice? I've seen on your Instagram, you kind of like the skiing, don't you? Up the old Swiss Alps. I'm sure you're... Yeah, do you know what? I've never, I've, I've never... Uh, <laughs> I've never done the ice skating. Um, say if you're a good skier, then you might... You'll, you'll sort of get to grips with it a little bit quicker, but I think it'll be the dancing that'll let me down, Bob. Um, <laughs> you can do yeah. some finger pointing. That's all you need to do. Yeah, a bit of finger pointing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> a couple of lifts here and there. But... Uh, yeah, dancing on ice. I think I would. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm all. I'm. I'm up for most things, but I think even that would be uh, a push too far. I'd be absolutely bricking it. <laughs> all about the business. Don't blame your chow. Yeah, that's it. That is it. Naughty water all the way. <laughs> well, thanks so much for for speaking to us, and um, best of luck with it. And um, hope we yeah. try some at some point. It'd be great. Hundred percent. Yeah, send the addresses over, guys, and I'll uh, I'll get some out to you guys for sure. But yeah, awesome. no, thanks for having me, guys, and uh, really good to talk. Cheers, and Joe Charles. Cheers, guys. Take care. Have a good Bye. one. Cheers. Bye. I mean, I haven't had a drink for what 10, 11, 12 weeks now. I'd like. I wouldn't mind a little bit of naughty water. It's gonna say, I bet you're craving a naughty water one in blood. Naughty water, yeah, yeah. Naughty I, mean, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm somewhere in between you and Charlie, where I'm a bit like, I don't quite know how to say it. Naughty water, naughty water. There's quite a bit of middle between me and Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, still oh, a nice bloke. Nice bloke. Really yeah. nice bloke. Um, I'm gonna move this on quick, Bob, because I'm very excited. We've got James Newman ready to come in. Let's um, go for it. And 
And I've got you love your Eurovision. Eurovision questions. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi, James. How are you? Hello, James. Yeah, good. How are you? Good to see you again. Really good. Really thanks, good. thanks so much for, for coming on. I was just, just doing a little intro to you. I mean, I'm thoroughly excited that you're back. <laughs> uh, and, and also and, and back, at, back at Eurovision. How, how are you doing? How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, good. It's been it's been pretty crazy, you know, like two years in the making, but finally getting to uh, hopefully go to Rotterdam and like sing on the stage, you know, it's been it's been mad. So yeah, I'm just really happy. And and the song this year, Embers, is a bit of a, a free 180, 360, however you say it, um, from, from what you did last time, isn't it? Yeah, totally different. I mean, like, you know, um, my last breath, you know, it was a different time that we were all living in and We've been through such a rubbish year that I was like, you know, I, I want to come back with something that's, you know, that's fun, that, you know, that you can like have a dance to, that, that I enjoy, you know, that I can like dance around on stage to. And, you know, we wanted to write something that felt, you know, that kind of felt like what would be happening in May when people are kind of coming back, you know, like the ember in the fire that hasn't burnt out and people coming back together and reigniting the kind of spark and stuff. So I'm really happy with it. Have you used this 12 months of kind of lockdowns and stuff, James, to kind of start writing more music? A lot of creative people have been saying, actually, they're quite inspired by having this much time on their hands. Yeah, it's definitely been, I mean, there's been so much time that it's been, it's been different because usually, you know, you, you spend years going to the studio, like traveling across, across London. And now it's like, you just kind of get up, go in the kitchen and open your laptop and like <laughs> everyone's there like, hey. So it's been like, it's been, I, I found it like quite productive in a way that you can, you know, you can write a song in two hours and you've not left your house, you know, so you can just start to get an idea down. And if it's like, you know, you don't have to finish it right there and then, like a lot of the time you're writing a song and it's six o'clock and you're like, all right, we'll get another day in to do it or whatever. Now it's like, oh, let's just jump on for an hour tomorrow morning. And you can kind of work on a lot of things all at the same time. So I've found it really productive. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I, I've really enjoyed it. No one's got any excuses anymore, is there? So well, where else are you going to be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if people go, I can't do that, I'm busy. You feel, yeah. Busy doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, you must be really pleased with the reception that Embers has had from kind of fans and, and all over Europe, I guess. Yeah, it's been, I mean, the response has been like, obviously it's so scary when, you know, you're putting out a song that's representing your country in a song competition and I'm a songwriter and you're like, oh God, I hope people like it. And obviously like, I'm saying like, this is our song and no one's like got to decide that. It's just, just me and my team. So, you know, it's so scary, but the response from everyone has been so nice. You know, like people are saying it's the best song we've had in ages and, you know, everyone's like so happy that I've come back with like an upbeat song and, yeah, I mean, you know, the support is, you know, that's the main thing, the fans and the support from the fans and everything. Um, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, it's been great. And do you think after the year everyone's had, I guess not even just UK, like globally, this is like, this is going to come back bigger and better than ever. And this is going to be like the biggest celebration Eurovision night, isn't it? It's got to be, you know. I mean, we've we've had such a rubbish time, haven't we, that it feels like, I mean, I've got to put on a good show. There's, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Um, but, you know, like, people just want to have fun and, like, that's the amazing thing about Eurovision. It's such, like, a celebration of music and such a big festival of music that um, I'm really excited to be a part of something that feels like, you know, that can, like, help people kind of escape these, you know, these rubbish times and, and can, like, just hopefully add a bit of entertainment. 
I mean, excuse me for like geeking out for a second. I am like the world's biggest Eurovision fan. Um, but I do think that there has been like a bit of a sea change in how not everyone, um, but a lot of people view the contest now because it isn't just, um, well, it's not always just like these joke acts, is it? That like go on and uh, are performing some like one, two step funny performance and, cool. and blah, blah, blah. Like it is the world's biggest music competition. Um, yeah. And do, have, have, do you feel like that taking part, you know, that it is different to maybe what it was like when we were younger? Yeah, 100%. Like you say, like the novelty acts, there's not as many anymore. And, and it's, I mean, it's a huge um, thing, isn't it? You know, it's like, it's the second biggest viewed event in the world after the Super Bowl or something like that. So, you know, like 200 million viewers, it's like, it's a really serious thing. And I'm so glad that like, you know the quality of songs that you hear are just like such a good level and it's like mm. I think it's really important that people understand that because it's you know it like you say it's such a massive thing and it's such a massive opportunity for, for us artists um, being lucky enough to perform in it so I'm just really happy that people are seeing it in that way. Who are um, your with, sorry Bob sorry I was going to say with it being such a huge deal and obviously it goes without saying that you're going to be excited but is there an element of pressure and no, because it is a big thing to feel like you've got to carry, isn't it? To go on there and see it and represent, like, it should. And then wait as those points roll in. Yeah, I mean, oh, no, no, no. Me, that must be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, it's loads of pressure and I try not to think about, like, the scary bits of, like, sitting there and hearing, hearing the points read out and stuff. Um but also, it's like really fun. I'm having such a good time, and like I'm enjoying every a minute of it. And I'm getting so many amazing opportunities to speak to people like yourselves, and like you know, doing those cool photo shoots and getting to put my music out and singing for people and stuff. So that that's you know the the kind of like amazingness outweighs the scary bits. But there, I can feel them coming when the closer I get to Rotterdam. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all because the point is at the end of the day is you've got to get someone to pick up the phone and vote for you, haven't you? And when you've got forty songs, no, in the actual final there's less than that. I've forgotten. Um, but like you know, you've you, you've got to have the reason for someone to vote for you, right? But there could be, it could just be one tiny thing that some other country does slightly differently or better that, that you know. So there's a lot of, a lot of play. What, what can you tell us about the staging? I'm gonna guess not much. <laughs> not much, I can't tell you. I was gonna say the staging kind of is the thing that I learned from, you know, getting into Eurovision and doing it for what, 10 years now? I've been doing it for, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, everyone's like the staging is the most important thing because, you know, a lot of people that see you on the night will never have heard your song or seen you before mm -hmm. ever. So it's all down to that one performance where people see you. So, um, making me making me a bit hot on that, you're thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, I mean, I think, I can't tell you much, but it's obviously the song's like high, high energy. So we wanted to make it kind of, um, you know, represent the song properly. And like, you know, it's going to be a fun party, the whole whole event. So I kind of want to bring that to the stage. Um, we're lucky, well, we're kind of lucky, I'm unlucky that uh, we have to do like a backup performance this year because in case like you can't go for any reason. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so everyone's done like a safety performance. So I've got to do that. Uh, last week, which was in a, a big studio. It's like a scaled down version of the actual performance. So it was kind of like oh, a really? uh, like a test run kind of thing, which was, you know, it was a massive experience because 
you go from rehearsing in like a community center to then being like on a big stage at the BBC and you're like, okay, this is it, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is real life right now. So yeah, but it's, so you, been, it's been great. So you know what you're wearing then? Is it going to be the same as what you've done in your kind of your, your backup performance? Um, it was going to be, and then I realised I didn't like what I was wearing in the backup performance, so now I'm changing <laughs> it totally. But I think that's a good thing because you get to see yourself on stage and think what works, what doesn't work. You know, I can also like, you know, I've been looking back at my whole performance and and like kind of going through it in a, a fine tooth comb. So yeah, definitely. It's so nice to hear you talking about it like that. I think for for UK Eurovision fans, it's always it. It's not always like that, so it's nice to to hear you taking it seriously. And um, are there any uh, songs that you view as your biggest competition? I mean, Malta, Malta seems to be the one that everyone's suddenly talking about. Oh, it's amazing that song, isn't it? It's so fun. I love the the kind of sax drop. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. Kind of Jason Derulo vibes in the chorus. That's <laughs> wicked. I love that song. She's great. I loved her song last year, Destiny. Yeah. Um, uh, and John's tears. Everyone's. Uh, I uh, really like, yeah, really cool. Uh, and I really love uh, Victoria, Growing Up Is Getting Old. Um, it's a, such a great song. Like, uh, that, like we were saying before about, you know, like contemporary uh, songs in the competition now, that feels to me like, you know, it could be a massive American mm. uh, hit, you know. Um, so, yeah, and I watched the Melody Fest uh, last week. And Tuesday. Yeah, yeah it's, what a great, great person and like a great song. Yeah, I, I mean, there's loads of loads of competitions. So and then also pressure. possibly Flow Rider this year with San oh, Marino. Oh yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> Flow Rider's crazy. Yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, Send Hit, who's representing uh, San Marino, might might be having Flow Rider on stage with her. It's a bit TBC at the moment, isn't it? That's going to yeah, be I've a heard... bit of competition. <laughs> I know, that's, I mean, I mean that's, that's real competition, isn't it, when Flow Rider's on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're going to smash it. <laughs> um, have you got, like, you, it's, it's a bit unclear at the moment. I know they've said that basically they're thinking everyone will be in Rotterdam, but I guess it's still a little bit unclear, is it? Um, well, obviously, you know, they announced scenario B, which is where we all hopefully go to Rotterdam and perform on the stage um, with like a limited audience, if any. But um, no, nothing else has been said, really. I know that we go there 10 days before and we have to, we get locked in the hotel, we can't leave the hotel, yeah, um, until we get taken to the arena and, and like you all have, you're in your separate bubbles, like me and my team, and you get like tested every day and stuff, so... I'm going to be locked in a hotel for 10 days. I mean, kind of gutted that I don't get to go and experience. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's the most amazing week ever. And I'm just going to go like in my hotel room practicing my dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, 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 bit of a, a downer, isn't it, from, what, from yeah. what it usually is. But, you know, if you win, then, you know, where, wherever it will be, Nottingham 2022 will be, uh, you Leeds, can be all over it. Leeds, Leeds 2022 <laughs> will be all over yeah. it. Um, what, gonna make up for it then. Have you kind of made any kind of post-show plans yet? Like, what have you have you got? Like, new music coming out, or, or what's the deal? Yeah, so I've got uh, my next single ready to go, which I want to put out like as soon as I can after I've done Eurovision, and and hope you know, like the whole idea for me is to obviously get to perform in this amazing event, and but also I'm launching myself as an artist, so I'm using. You know, hopefully I'll get like a, a more like people wanting to listen to my music. So, yeah, I'll put out my next single and I want to put my album out this year, which is like I've kind of changed the direction of it a little bit to kind of 
fit with how I feel right now and, you know, everything that I want it to be a bit more upbeat and fun. So that's going to come. And then hopefully, you know, do some festivals, do a tour, you know, like do normal things like that artists get to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which now feel like a special treat don't they? Yeah, rather certainly. than, yeah, yeah. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I, I really pleased to, to speak to, to you again, James, and, um, and best of luck with the competition. And I hope you do get to go to Rotterdam. Um, We're going to be there. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it is like an amazing experience. And uh, yeah, um, so best of luck. And um, we'll be watching on the night, can of lager in hand, flag, yeah. flag in one hand, can of lager in the other. <laughs> We're ready to go. And <laughs> um, just, and just smash it, James. I'm really, I'm really confident in your, in your ability to do it. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, thank good you luck. for joining us, James. Best of luck, mate. Take care. Thank you. Lovely to chat to you. See you later. You too. You bye. Too. Bye, yeah, mate. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, oh. A lovely fella. He's, he's really nice guy, and I think um, he's a name. It's nice for like. Like I know, like I say, me as a Eurovision nut, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult. But um, you know, I'm just pleased he's taking it seriously and he's enjoying himself. Uh, we actually have uh, James's new song "Embers" here to play. So here it is. Sometimes I know my fire burns low. Uh, well, we are now ready to get our our next and final guest today, Alex, in from uh, the circle. So let's do that. Amazing. Hey guys. Hello, Alex. You alright, mate? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Very Thanks good. for joining us. No probs, no probs. Thanks for having me. Anytime. How's it all going? You're very busy, I bet, with the new series. Yeah, mate. I have this one period of relevance each year for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the rest of the time I spend putting my feet up and then I come back. I'm like Santa, mate. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be complaining. I'd be quite happy to do one month of work a year and then you know, <laughs> lie down. Is that, is that how it works? Well, no, yeah. I mean, I, I have one one uh, one month a year in front of the camera. The rest of the time, I'm rabbiting away behind behind the camera. But yeah, it's good, man. It's really good. How are you guys doing, anyway? Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good, good. Thank awesome. you, mate. All good. Fingers crossed. We're just counting down the days for this um, for our restrictions to be lifted and the light at the end of the tunnel. But we're all getting there, so that's a positive. Yeah, man. I can't wait. I want to just get the beers in. Yeah, I think I think everyone's just I mean, the circle is actually kind of good training for a lockdown. I mean, you're probably people are saying that to you all the time. Right. But it is like a weird like well, you're living in a tiny little bubble for a short space of time, aren't you? So it's almost like living how we are now. But I mean, you were doing it before anyone else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, let's be clear. This is paradise compared to the circle. Um, <laughs> living in in there, yeah, was crazy. Uh, yeah, it's it's a completely different world. I mean, um, once you get your phone taken away and you don't have any kind of idea what the time is, um, when you'll be spoken to, when you'll be chatting, anything, you don't really you don't have any control in there. So it's quite the eye opening experience, really. So it is actually how it comes across, because sometimes I wonder if there might be a producer saying, right, we're going to do this in 10 minutes. Can you like something like that? I don't know. I wish. I wish. <laughs> the only person you would see is like the psychologist now and then if you were having any, if you were in the need of help at all. And they would come around and check on you just to make sure that you were sane in there, because I guess they see everything through the cameras and like just me milling around, uh, talking to myself, 
saying all sorts of weird and wacky things. I was playing <laughs> solitaire against myself for a while and I, I cheated against myself. You never know, you can't trust anyone. You? <laughs> so how do you look back at your experience? Did you enjoy it? Obviously, I'm sure it has its boring times, like you say, but as a whole, is it a good experience? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm very fortunate to have come, come away with some money and, and like, obviously, I think my experience would have been very different if I had lost the game. Um, but I played the game and I won, which just meant, yeah, I didn't have any bad experiences really. Obviously, it was very intense meeting people. and um, But I think now I can kind of throw myself into any situation having confidence that I'll be able to handle it if I can handle that. So I'm, I'm quite happy with, with that experience. I think um, in general, though, I probably wouldn't do it again. Really? Why? Because um, you don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, because I no need to. <laughs> yeah, one because I've done it. But if they asked me to go back in, I would have to consider it really carefully because I guess I just wouldn't trust anyone now. Well, it, the beauty of the first season was we didn't know what to expect, right? So um, I didn't even know it was on TV. I thought I could just be stitched up here. It could be like a punt scenario. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, we've got this geezer playing a woman. And we're just going to wind it <laughs> up. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, you just who knows. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those things. It was just like, there's this conceptual show. What would you do? So I just went on and I was like, I'll be a woman because they're more popular on social media. And um, ended up playing my girlfriend. But as I said, who kn- I didn't know that it was even being aired, really, because you have no contact. So you was like the original in terms of the circle, the original catfish. Mm. Do you think that that's, <laughs> The, the way to play the game now? Do you think that puts people at an advantage when they do the series now, if they pretend to not be themselves? Sure. So what actually really frustrates me is seeing people try to catch the catfishes on the show because the aim of the game is to be the most popular, right? So I have no idea why people spend their whole time attempting to reveal who the catfishes are when in reality they should just be trying to make everyone their best friend. Um so it's yeah, it is interesting from that angle. I think people being themselves are naturally more vulnerable to to the game, whereas people that are playing catfishes have this barrier that they're kind of operating through, which means they're less vulnerable and they they're putting less of themselves out there. And I think the people that really get kind of caught out by the game are the ones that are truly themselves and put the whole of themselves on the line for these catfish to. Like, like myself to manipulate and kind of coerce into winning the game. Um, so I guess that's a benefit in some ways. And I guess where people have seen you win the show from doing that, do you think that's inspired mm. a lot of players to now, when they're doing the show, think, right, well, it's worked for Alex. We're going to be a Kate. Um, yeah, maybe. I think, so well, let's think about it so far. So series one, obviously I won as, as a catfish. Series two, um, Tim and Paddy won part of the prize pool each and Paddy was portraying somebody that didn't have a disability so technically he was catfishing so I think there is there's a trend so far that the catfish are quite successful which you're kind of seeing in this season whereby there's tons of them um, all in, in, in the same so I think we may have set a trend it's probably not a good trend um, but when I get catfished in real life which I have been people are using my pictures for on like Tinder and stuff <laughs> I feel like so I can't many layers of like meta <laughs> going on there, isn't there? Yeah. Like... <laughs> it's like 
they're just they're just using my pictures to catfish people thinking like it's a dumb thing to do it's weird <laughs> you're like patient zero of catfishing um yeah what 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 did you make of the celeb circle oh i loved it i thought that the fact that there wasn't any real um i guess repercussions to anything was probably my favorite thing because it's so like light-hearted and fun um and the added dynamic of them actually knowing each other it was oh, cool. yeah there was that I, that there was a bit where charlotte crosby was talking to denise van outman but she was pretending to be peter Andre, and they actually knew each other and it was like <laughs> ah! it's like i can't yeah. i couldn't i my mind wasn't being able to like compute what was happening all the time and um, they did make some great tv and like people that knew each other from other reality shows or that have been on the coach trip together oh, yeah yeah it was a really cool added element to it um and I, I loved it. And also having um, had some of the people on, on the Circle podcast and speaking to them, it's so nice to have a wider community of people that have been on the Circle and kind of understand what it's really like, because it's very hard to verbalise that. Because, I mean, it's even quite hazy in my memory. I'm not sure that I've repressed it or, or what. But, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit hazy now, three years ago. It's a huge success. I mean, like I say, I mean, you didn't even know if it was 100% going to be on telly, but it's become such a, such a huge show. Can you see the attraction from viewers now in the concept? So I haven't actually watched my, my series back. So I've, I've only watched this series, uh, the oh, wow. series three. Um, so I guess the reason... I think it's really attractive is that it's shining like a direct mirror onto society, right? Which um, no show has really done before. I think other shows were very good social experiments like Big Brother, uh, Love Island's a really good social experiment, but this is directly holding up a mirror to social media and being like, mm. be careful what you're putting out there and be careful what you're consuming because it might not be the truth, yeah. um, which I think is a really important message. Uh, and it's done in a fun way, which is cool. And Definitely. tell us a bit about the, the podcast that you're hosting. You mentioned it earlier. Sure. So, yeah, Dishonest Fun. It's the official Circle podcast, which is cool. Um, I essentially have, like, we, we pick a topic each week and we discuss it with a comedian, celebrity, and an expert. So we actually have some um, expertise on the show, which is quite good. Otherwise, we're just all talking about topics we know nothing about. So it's stuff like we've covered isolation, catfishing, trust. We've covered leading a double life, we've covered coming out um, as, as either gay or coming out in whichever way that you, you, um, you do online. So it's, it's really interesting. And I think the topics are so loose that we're able to talk stuff wider than the circle, but also pull in elements of the show and stuff that I've learned before. Um, so yeah, so there's, uh, there's many different um, sort of facets to the, to the podcast. It's really enjoyable. And we've had some great people on there too. So I know you touched upon it earlier and you said you'd have to really think about it, but if they was to do, say in another two years time, like all, an all-star version, could you, would you definitely rule it out? Or would you, would you think about it? Would it work to... though? Because then yeah. you'd have to, some people would be the, stars oh i don't know yeah, sorry. if you went in as yourself people would think that i mean that opens its own can of worms because they think oh it's not gonna be so people you could double bluff the catfisher oh my god yeah. well, Mind that's, blown. What, 
I found, I found that a bit on the celeb one, right? Because I was thinking to myself, if I was going to go on there and pretend to be someone, it was quite clear who the real people were because with no disrespect to anyone, I wouldn't go on there pretending to be like Saffron Barker or Denise Van Alton. I'd go on as like fucking Brad Pitt, right? <laughs> and so, they'd be like, well, is he doing this? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, probably Yeah. Probably wouldn't be his first choice to sign up to a reality TV show. <laughs> I know, yeah, well, that's another point. That's why the Will I Am failed. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, I, but but yeah, I think that's that's an interesting concept. I don't know what I would do if they came to me and said, "Hey, we want you to come on again." Um, I would think I either have to go on as myself, or I have to do something a bit more creative and a bit more wacky because I can't top my previous one. Yeah, um, but then I'm just not sure if I'll put myself through that again. <laughs> what would you say are the three best tips if someone was going to go in next year? So as I said before, don't chase the catfish because you're wasting your time build try and build like really strong relationships with everyone i think the this game plan should be be they used to call me two-faced but just be two-faced like build relationships with everyone you can and try not to get segregated into like this specific tribe um second would be to really prepare yourself for what you're about to put yourself through so in terms of um I spent the whole of my time doing a puzzle and reading books, which I thought I took on there for a joke. So I took two books in there. I took George Orwell's 1984 and I took The the Circle by David David Egger um, for comedy purposes. And I ended up with, that's all I had. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't have any, but to read these two quite intense books. (laughs) (laughs) To read dystopian books about like a future where everyone watches you, right? So that was a that was a mess. Um, I mean, it's like setting your your brain up for a full on mental health breakdown, isn't it? Really? When you're... Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was it was a close call at times. I'm sure. In there. Um, and then the last, what would the last tip be? Um, yeah, the last tip would be to to enjoy it. Like, if you do make it that far and you get onto the show, just enjoy the ride because it's a once in a lifetime experience, and and you'll come out to a community of us who we all stick together now because we can we can talk about stuff that no one else has really experienced. Like, can you ma- remember being three weeks in, and uh, and like just being sat there thinking when because we didn't even know when it was going to end. That was the biggest thing. <laughs> They're like. They're just like, oh, you can go in there and it's going to be a few weeks. But by the time you've got in, like, you're three weeks in, you're just looking at, like, looking around, like, when's this going to end? When's is, this all, come is this it now, forever? I'm confused. Like, <laughs> yeah. Great like, Truman when's, show. <laughs> when's the circle going to pop up and just say, like, it's the final, you're going to win. So I wake up every day just like, please be today. Please. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, those would be my three tips. Well, um, thanks so much for speaking to us. Uh, no worries. Thanks today, for having Alex. me. And, um, and good luck with the podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, keep up with the series and see what happens, I guess. Uh, it would be interesting to see what you, like you say, though, about, um, about how much people try and go for the catfish versus just, you know, enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's, it, it's the game plan that you've got to stick to it and just try and win it at the end of the day. It's a popularity contest, which a lot of people are forgetting the series, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm looking yes. forward to it. But thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, thanks so for much. joining us. Take Have care, Alex. guys. Bye-bye, mate. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Lovely interesting. Bella. Yeah, interesting. And actually, a really good point, especially when you do something like the first series for the first time. You don't really know what you're letting yourself in for, do you? Yeah, just literally, you're just going in there blind to it all, thinking, well, what's going to happen from day to day? 
Yeah, crazy. Um, so I've just realised that by the minute, I don't know what's going on. I look like that girl who ate the, the bubble gum in Willy Wonka. I look like by <laughs> <laughs> I've turned into a violet, a plum. You, you look a bit, you're in a, you're in a different room today, aren't you, Bob? So I think uh, I am. Terrible lighting. Yeah, excuse me. I can't see anything. You're fine. I realise it's just been throughout the show, it's just, I've disappeared. <laughs> it's like you've put on a fake tan and it's just got more <laughs> progressively more and more dark throughout the show. Um, well, it doesn't um, matter because the show's at the end now, Bob. You can, you can, you can chill out. Um, <laughs> you've got a busy week ahead, babes. Um, what have I got? No, not really. Um, I've, I've, I've got a short work week next week um, where I'm going to go out and see some friends because we could do that uh properly officially um so looking forward to that uh but that'll be actually i guess after we record the show next week so so no not, not nothing nothing major just a quiet one what about you yeah same bit of a bit of a quiet one i think just uh yeah keep trying to keep yourself busy but also having a bit to of a end. quiet one which is the complete opposite of each other isn't it how can you keep yourself busy and have a quiet one i don't even know if that's a thing i know that's what you mean though i do know you what know you what mean. I mean yeah i do know <laughs> what you mean i get you um well thanks everyone for listening oh. uh great show great show loved that always um, a pleasure to see you steve of course and you too babes um and uh keep your chin up uh, amid all the amid all the drama, Bob. Keep my purple chin up. <laughs> <Don't you worry. laughs> uh, yes, until until next week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Stay safe.